Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. No! How did this fly get in there? Somebody got a fly swatter? Yeah. It was a shot of Prairie Jesus is really what it was. It was. You'd think we, we'd be getting used to it, but it would, we, we never get used to it. We never get tired of good things happen. This life doesn't get old. No. It was a nice little distraction from the real world, and here we are today for a coffee session. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Okay, it is. We're on the air. Hello, everybody. Canada, Canadian sports fans around the world, it is what we do. It's hour two of the RP Show. We're coming to you live from Gregor Resort and Casino. And you're noticing a new background here. It's new to you. It's not new to us. It is the background that I've been looking for for the last two months since our first day. Very excited to be broadcasting from the stage bar, going back and forth. Uh, Don't mind me. I'm just going to the big board here for our next guest information. and. Our guest after that. Last hour, we had Canadian Football Hall of Famer, three-time Grey Cup champion, and head coach of the U of S Huskies football program, Scott Flory. Coming up this hour, longtime friend of mine, Canadian safety of the Grey Cup champion, Calgary Stampeders, 1992. Their longtime radio color commentator, Greg Peterson, will be joining us right here at Grey Eagle. And in moments, Enoch Mwamba, star middle linebacker of the Toronto Argonauts of the Canadian Football League. Former Indianapolis Colt, Dallas Cowboy, Winnipeg Blue Bomber, Alouette, Rough Rider, and now Argos. But I just want to mention the poll question that I've just put up for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. What are you watching tonight? Your options in this country. Jays, Red Sox, they open a set at Rogers Center. Raptors game five or other. And right now, Other is leading with 67% of the vote. Can you believe it? I can't. I think I'll be watching the Raptors trying to stay alive at Philly. Let's bring him in now. Enoch Mwamba. Such a cool dude. An Eastern Canadian by trade. You're, you're a Maritimer, are you not, Enoch? What, what do you say is your hometown? Man, uh, I, I grew up, uh, Rod, I spent most time actually in, uh, I'd, say, I'd say Mississauga, but if I go to Quebec, They'll tell me that I'm actually a, a Quebecer. So uh, it's interesting, but it's also amazing to, to get so much love from across the country. It totally is. And you're from Zaire originally. You played at St. FX. So you're a, you're a real worldly guy. But how would you answer that question? If you're watching sports at all, because I know you're a young father, there's not a lot of sports watching for young dads. What would you watch tonight if you had the chance? 
I'm a huge basketball guy. Um, I want to see the impossible happen. I know the Raptors are down 3-1. It's one game at a time, one step at a time. I would want the Raptors to keep winning until they can, you know, take out the Sixers. Do you think the Raptors can pull this off? Clearly, if you're that big of a basketball guy, you were watching game four on Saturday. They led from wire to wire. Now Joel Embiid is hurt. He's going to play hurt. But do you think the impossible could happen, Matt? I think the impossible could happen, man. I'm a huge fan, like I said, and I might be speaking out of just emotion here, but I'm 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 hoping and and uh, I actually do believe that the impossible can happen with just the fact that you mentioned Embiid being hurt, and you know that's their star, that's their guy who gets things going, uh, and if he's not at 100, percent that's a, a, a something that we can take advantage of as a Raptor fan. Well, uh, absolutely, you have to believe, and I know you believe. I've seen your story. I've known you a long time. And for those that just tuned in, Enoch Mwamba with us from the Toronto Argonauts. Tell me why I should believe the Toronto Argonauts will represent the East Division in the Grey Cup in 2022. Listen, we're, we're set to have a little bit more stability, right? Um, last year, especially as a defensive guy, we had three different coaches, right? So having continuity and adding a guy like Coach Mace is something that is going to be, um, you know, uh, invaluable really to our team. Uh, we we're, we're excited to have him on board. I've had a, multiple conversations with him, and uh, he's an amazing guy who I think will absolutely uh, change um, the the defense. As a matter of fact, just the whole makeup of the whole team. So, uh, just from a stability standpoint, I love the fact that we're able to, um, you know, finally have a guy that we love and a guy that's going to be there for the. Uh, long-term. Beyond that as well, I think having the guys back together, um, you know, last year for us, it was more so like a first year in our regime, and we saw exactly where we went. To us, we feel like we underachieved, um, but that just means that uh, it, it's only going to go up from here, knowing the fact that uh, most of the guys that were there last year and part of kind of year one of a new regime under uh, Coach Dinwiddie are going to come back. And so we have a bitter taste in our mouth, and we're ready for this upcoming season. I love to hear it, man. And I, it's interesting you say that, and it's awesome that Greg Peterson's coming up next because he would know Corey Mays very well. He's so highly thought of and talked about as a coach in the CFL. He'd been here in Calgary, and now he's with the Argos. But you got to tell me, Enoch, what was it like when my guy Chris Jones showed up last year with the Argos? How much did that defense change under Jones when he became defensive coordinator? Well, Rod, you and I both know Jones very well, right? And I've had multiple, um, you know, experiences with him. And uh, even prior to me ever being coached by him, I had heard of him. He had coached my older brother before that. And then you hear across the league, obviously, being around for as long as I have, you you always hear about the different guys that have had impact on the league. And so I, I, I kind of had an idea. And so I was really prepping the guys, knowing that he was on his way because we kind of uh, caught wind of it, you know, maybe a week or two before he got there. And, uh, you know, we started to, I kind of started to prep the guys. Hey, look, and, and myself and a few other guys that, you know, were, um, have been teammates before and being, been coached by Coach Jones before. We, we know his style. We know his approach. And we're kind of, kind of preparing for them uh, to, to get used to that style. And so uh, as soon as he got there, it was exactly what we thought it was going to be. Um, you know, he started to focus on certain things that we knew he would focus on, specifically, you know, numbers. He's a huge analytics guy. If you know Coach Jones very well, he loves the numbers. And um, as a matter of fact, you know, he, he, he dictates a lot of his defenses based on, you know, what numbers predict and what numbers say. And so 
Um, those are kind of some of the things that I know me as a leader and a few of the guys, Crescent Butler, who I was teammates with in Saskatchewan as well, we're kind of preparing the guys for as soon as Coach Jones came in. And also just the way he runs a team. He runs a defense. Um, he had an influence as well on Coach Dinwiddie um, by the way that the coaching, the, the, the daily schedule would go. And, um, you know, everybody knows Coach Jones to uh, uh, be this guy who helps teams win. But beyond that, um, he's a he's a he's a players coach who, um, you know, really wants the best for players and wants really players to play as healthy as they can. And uh, he, he 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 addresses that by the way that, you know, the day to day is um, is ran. You know, it's really interesting that you say that. And we do have questions from the viewers that I'll throw in here when we uh, get a minute, Enoch. But I had a lot of friends on that Argo staff. Not as many are there anymore because they all left with Jones. But they told me what a gong show it was before jones even showed up you guys were in guelph you were moving around right just you were all a state of flux so how you mentioned the chip on your shoulder and some stability how excited are you to get back to what i'm told is a traditional cfl schedule now COVID isn't a thing anymore that's got to be a relief for an older guy like you i would think no absolutely i mean old guy young guy i think you know stability is huge and and understanding exactly what it's going to look like and um what to look to to look forward to and and what the next week is you know what to expect is huge and so um just having an understanding and and a knowledge that hey look this is going to be closer to what we're we've been most used to um is exciting and so just going into uh guelph and having the ability to practice and and even have some fans to come out come out and watch um you know i've been talking to uh, even from a, a business side of things, uh, a few people who you want to do business with uh, with us and speaking engagements. And um, there's a, a particular um, side of things where uh, I met with a gentleman who uh, sponsors a whole section for uh, disabled kids. And, and I'm interested to go and speak to them. But again, this is something that couldn't be done last year. And hopefully um, with uh, different re restrictions this year are things that are going to happen. And so just being able to prepare in that sense and in that way um, is definitely a, a peaceful thing. Just a couple more questions for you, Enoch, before we let you go and move Greg Peterson in. You have a message today, by the way, and I've seen it all over social media that you'd like to pass along to the viewers. So maybe let's go there next. No, absolutely. I'm actually uh, uh, working very closely with an amazing organization called the LLSC, um, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, which supports the blood cancer community. And um, they do an amazing job of supporting people who have been impacted by blood cancer um, and, and, and just are recovering as well. People in the, in the thick of the battle and supporting the families. But even beyond that as well, that is amazing work. But what another thing that they do, obviously, as well is is they, they do a lot in the search for uh, a cure for cancer. And so uh, I've been working with them um, and uh, been able to uh, kind of raise awareness and raise funds um, with uh, a campaign called the Man and Woman of the Year, where we've been able to kind of reach out to as many people as possible to uh, be able to kind of play a role and, 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 and step up uh, and, uh, and contribute to this battle. Right. Uh, one of the mantras that, I, that, that I'm using for my campaign is, is be the one, which is an idea, a thought that, you know, whenever I, on the teams that I've been on, Rod, I always talk about at some point or another, I talk about the fact that everybody is important. Everybody and every contribution matters. Now, it's important because uh, a lot of the times 
um, if you're not the star of the show, you're not the quarterback and you're not the main person that is always being promoted, you may sometimes feel like your contribution is minimal, is not important. And in the same way that you shouldn't be waiting for the star or somebody else to make a play to impact the game in the best way possible, you have to take the opportunity by the horn. It's in the same way that this campaign, the Men and Women of the Year campaign ran by the LLSC, is giving an opportunity for everybody to have an impact on this battle against cancer. And again, as intimidating as it is to be able to get into a fight with um, this terrible disease called cancer, um, I think that you know the LLSC provides an opportunity for anybody to step up and, uh, like I mentioned, uh, have an impact on it, no matter what the contribution might be, um, how little or how large it may be, um, every contribution, like on the field, uh, in this particular battle also matters. Well, Enoch, uh, good on you for using your platform to further the message of this. And a lot of us have been touched by cancer. Of course, it's awful. And uh, follow Enoch on social media. All the information is there and how you can support it and so forth. Uh, my last comment is from a viewer, a question. Nelson Hackowitz says, Enoch, you did a great job in the booth. At the CFL Combine is an analyst job in your future post football. You know what? That's definitely something that I'd be uh, extremely interested in. You know, maybe co-hosting this Rob Peterson show at some point. But uh, absolutely, you know, it's something that I'd look into. <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, for right now, I'm focusing on football. But for sure, I love media. I've always been, you know, a huge fan of media, which is one of the reasons why I actually came on this show when I was I launched my podcast, Moamba Moment. And so, um, you know, being involved with sports and being involved with uh, uh, the game of football beyond, especially after I retire, is something that I'm definitely looking into. And that's one of the avenues that um, I'll definitely be uh, uh, diving into for sure. Well, you'll be great. And I was in the room 2017 Grey Cup, right, when you won the Gord Barwell Award kind of the CFL's man of the year. So I know that you'll be a success at whatever you do. Enoch, keep in touch. Whatever you need, you know where to find us. And uh, we'll see you on the field soon. Thank you so much, Rod. Thanks for having me again. Enoch Mwamba of the Toronto Argonauts, but also formerly of the Dallas Cowboys, Indy Colts, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Alouettes, Argos, and the Rough Riders, where we got to be very good friends. We're going to take a time out a little early because that'll give us more time with our next guest, Greg Peterson. When, speaking of players that have turned analysts, everybody wants to be an analyst, eh, Pete? <laughs> everybody wants to be a broadcaster. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, also YouTube Live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Live from Grey Eagle Resort and Casino, just a quick sports update before we move in. My good man, Pete, if the Toronto Raptors are going to stave off elimination in Philadelphia tonight, they may have to do it without all-star guard Fred Van Vliet. 
He's listed as questionable for Game 5 with a strained left hip flexor. Toronto down 3-1 in their best-of-seven first-round series with the Sixers. Elsewhere, Ben Simmons has been ruled out of Game 4 of Brooklyn's playoff series against Boston, making it possible he won't play at all this season. Simmons, who was acquired from Philly in February, has been working his way back from a herniated disc. And the Toronto Raptors send, uh, sorry, Toronto Blue Jays send pitcher Jose Barrios to the mound tonight as they entertain the Boston Red Sox at Rogers Center. The Blue Jays enter the game tied with the Yankees for first in the AL East. Our poll question is, who will you be watching tonight, Raptors, Blue Jays, or other? It's for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, and I can't believe the majority is saying other. What else would you be watching? Certainly not the NHL game, uh, the lone game tonight, Philly and Chicago. But this sports update is brought to you by Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. For the Tap Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store and for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Okay, we got that out of the way. Now, Greg Peterson, who I appreciate you uh, juggling your time, Pete, showing up here. There he is. CFL All-Star, Grey Cup champion, eight, 1984 to 1992 with the Calgary Stampeders and part of the longest-serving broadcast crew in CFL history. Right, Pete? That's right. Mark, Stephen, and I, it's been... but. Uh, you you were up there and t- totally missed you on the road, seeing you. I it, I know, but we'll be out and around and a lot more closer to the CFL than we have been in a long time. And I'm sensing, Greg, because I've been here for a couple months, a buzz for Stampeders football. Oh yeah, it's, it's a great city. I mean, yeah. just like Ryderville, we have some great fans here in Calgary. Um, uh, and we've had such a great team. I think over the last ten years, even fifteen, twenty years, I think the Stampeder franchise. Because of Huff, John Huffnagel and, and Dave and others, have, uh, they've been the model, I think, franchise in the CFL. Well, it's, it, we've had a parade of Stampeders people through here, uh, and Huff has been down here. And um, tell me, your, I'm interested to get your take on last season through COVID and everything. Huff basically said, we went through a rebuild and nobody really saw. It was the youngest roster in years, I yeah. guess, you guys had fielded, right? And you still made the playoffs, mm-hmm. but this is the year... Where they take a step ahead. That's the sense. I, I think so. They, they, they started off, and they, it was tough. But they had a very young group. And that young group now, they're going to, this team coming up that, uh, for this year, they've got a lot of experience. They've got some good playing time in behind them. And that's all you need. And you get, really have to admire this coaching staff. Dave Dickinson, Brent Monson, Mark Killam. They've been around a long time, and they just kept plugging at it and getting at it. And, you know, and then, then at the end of the year, they were playing very good football. So I, I think they're expecting a lot bigger things this year. I have to. Look, we could sit here and go on for days, Pete, about everything related. But all those guys you just mentioned as coaches are all Canadians. Yeah. How do you feel about this might have the most Canadians of any staff in the CFL, I would think. Well, and, and I'm a Canadian. And yeah. I went down to school and played my college football at BYU and got a scholarship down there, played big-time college football. But I, I came back to Canada, got drafted here, and it was just it was good for me. So I want to see Canadians get a chance. And that includes coaching. And it's great that Dave has hired coaches like Brent Monson and like Mark Killam. And it, it kind of amazes me that uh, Mark Killam, for example, hasn't got a chance uh, as a head coach. I mean, to me, if I'm a GM, he was the first guy I'd be looking at. But I don't want him to leave because we like yeah. him here in Calgary. But, yeah, it's great that uh, we just want jobs in the CFL for Canadians because they're the ones that stay here. And uh, I, I'm all for making the game better for not just the CFL, but for all of Canada, the minor football program. Tony Spalatini and I were very involved in minor football. We want to see these young kids coming up, aspiring to play in the CFL, and then even aspiring possibly to be a coach. Yeah, for sure. But you've been around 
a little longer than me, not a lot longer than me. You know everything happens for a reason. I would think Mark Killam, he's from Lethbridge. He came to coach high school in Cochrane. He's had a great run here. He's going to get his opportunity. I hope so. Mark deserves it. He, he's just an excellent coach. Yeah. I, get, I get the opportunity. I get my information. I don't know how you got your information when you were with the Riders, but I get my information from the coaches. Yeah, and from within the team. Yeah, within the team. I, I You know, I'll talk to the players, but they're, they're, they treat me so good, too. They, they, they tell me because I built up a trust with them. They know I'm not going to get on the air and, and say, hey, this is the first play that they're going to do. But uh, <laughs> just, just great. Co- and I really admire, you know, how well they treat us. But we're all in it together, really. We, we in the media have to sell the CFL as well. A little bit different. You go down to the States, and they're very guarded towards the media. They, they don't say much, but here we're not like that. We're all kind of one big group trying to grow the game of football in Canada. Yes, although I spent a lot of the winter in Miami, and I found they were very welcoming Helpful. and open. It's, I feel like it's flipped a little bit for whatever reason. But I bring up the Canadian portion of the coaches for this. You got Bo saying last week, you must have heard... He wouldn't be against a, a move to four downs. Mark Killam came on this show and said, over his dead body, is it going to three downs? And then we see the Stamps voted for four downs, if that's to be believed. And Arash reported it, and he's one of my closest friends. I believe it. Why are we talking about this? Well, I, I wouldn't go to four downs. What, what I would do is we need to improve the game. And the CFL has always been more progressive than the NFL in making uh, changes to make the game more exciting. We need more offense. I got kind of tired of two and punt, two and punt. You know, when you're getting 14, 15 punts per football game. And now it used to be in the CFL, we had very exciting plays on special teams. But the way these coaches have drafted now, they've got such good cover teams now. And you got good coaches like Greg Dickinson, like Mark Killam. We're, we're just seeing punts and a tackle after five, 10 yards. So I would change the rules to make those plays more exciting. I would be a little bit more creative to make. The rule changes to bring more offense, more exciting plays. I would not make it four downs, though. What specifically would you like to see changed? Anything to make. I I, I thought you you were broadcasting when I was about 10 years ago. We had some very exciting punt returns, kickoff returns. That was awesome. Awesome. It was great to to, to broadcast and to see. We're not getting that anymore because the cover teams are so good now because they draft for cover teams. They get these good players that can play it and 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 their the coaching's got better i'd make rules to make it so that the return teams have an advantage i'd make rules so we got longer sustained more sustained drives uh people might have been critical about moving the hash marks in or whatever i'm, I'm all for that if it's going to bring out more offense uh, and you know i was a defensive player but i think people want to see 40 50 50 to 40 type games and not 12 to 11 type games Coaches might love defense, but to be quite honest, I think fans like offensive big plays. That's what we have to have in the CFL. I agree. I don't think a lot needs to be changed. I think that the low scoring this last season was an anomaly. I hope so. I, think, I hope so, too. But I want to know where you stand on the ratio, because that's the other thing that they're talking about right now. I'm totally against the, uh, changing the ratio. I, I do not want to see it, the CFL become so you have 24 American starters and and then 24 Canadian backups all playing special teams. I want the Canadians to get the chance to play. They, they develop a little bit maybe slower, but still, uh, we have to have these young players coming up through our system in, in Canada aspiring to play safety or running back or wide receiver, not aspiring to be a cover guy on a punt team. And that's where I, I, I think we have to really be careful about that. And I'm, I'm not for changing the ratio, but it looks like I'm in the minority in that one. 
You might be, but that doesn't mean they're going to do it. Like, where do you I see this, Where do you see it going? Well, I, I, I hope that the minds to be take a holistic look at it, not just the CFL and the movement to do that. I, I hope they look at more all across Canada. What is the best for football in Canada? And if you do that, you're not going to change the ratio. Yeah. What's the state of football in this town? Like your son, I remember he was, you were talking about going to U of S, but he never ended up going to U of S, did no, he? No, he went to U of S. He played quarterback for U of S and then he transferred his last year and he gave right. up. But yeah, he ended up playing for the Huskies, had a great experience. Right. Um, what, what I think that they should probably do, or the state right now in Calgary is very good. Uh, we have great fields. All, unlike other jurisdictions or cities, we all play our minor football at Shouldice. Have you ever been to Shouldice Park? It's got three art- good artificial turf fields and uh, good score clocks and all that, and they, we bring them all in to play at one, one place. It is growing, but to be quite honest, I'm very involved in minor football. We are losing out to other sports. We have to get kids involved more in football, loving it, playing, or else, unfortunately, unlike when I played, I could play soccer, basketball, hockey, and I did, uh, right up until I was about 16 years old. They're making these kids uh, uh, make an option now or or make a a choice now when they're 12, 11, 13 years old, which I don't agree with. But if that's the way it's going to be, we've got to do more to bring kids into football, keep them interested in football and coming up through football. Why are they making them uh, decide so young? Because they all think their kids are going to go on and play pro sports. And so they got them in winter hockey, summer hockey, spring hockey. Same thing with basketball. Same thing with soccer. I'm all for playing lots of sports because that's what I did growing up. And I think it helped me in my football career. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, that's, you know, they they get so into it now. It's year-round soccer, year-round basketball, year-round hockey, instead of letting these kids go from sport to sport. I think it's not good. Yeah, and you look at those kids in their eyes and they just look dead. Like they, it's the parents that are making them do it. Honestly, yeah, but for sure. But I, it's, you talk about the ratio, Americans start on offense and defense and Canadians play special teams. Um, with the more Canadian coaches, I, I always thought it was the bias, the American coaches that didn't want to play the Canadians. It wasn't a talent thing. Agree or disagree? I disagree with you on yeah. that. Yeah, because I, I think coaches are going to play the best player. Their, their jobs are on the line. If they don't play the best, they're not going to have a job. And uh, so they're going to play whatever they think is best. Um, I just think that they have to understand, though, is it forced making some Canadian start? Yes, uh, there is. But I think there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, again, we need people coming to the stands. If you've got a kid that's playing minor football or maybe a kid that's playing on the dinos or the Huskies or whatever, you're going to come out to the games. So again, take this holistic approach to it, football general in Canada. If you have, I know a lot of people that say, if, it's, if our game is nothing but a bunch of Americans playing and we have no Canadians playing, I'm not going to watch it. A lot of them uh, come to the game. And those that come to the game, no matter what, they're going to still do that. But I do think we attract a lot of people by getting our minor football programs organized, having young kids involved in minor football with aspirations to play. I think, again, take this whole look at football in Canada. So bigger picture then, and I appreciate your thoughts on that. How do you see things playing out in the West Division? And I ask because BC's got two Canadian quarterbacks, right? Uh, Nathan Rourke and Michael O'Connor. Which is great. It's amazing, but I had Neil McAvoy on a couple weeks ago, their co-GM, and brought up the Canadian status, and he got angry he's like who cares that they're canadian right he's like rourke you wouldn't know he was canadian if you did you know what i mean so how do you think they're going to do 
I think they're going to do well. Yeah, I, I think now the CIS and the Canadian kids that uh, get to go down in the states, uh, you know, they get good. Uh, we're getting more better schooling, better education. You could say down the line training. Uh, so these Canadian kids are coming up, and the gap has been shortened between uh, what the Americans got and what the Canadians got. Uh, even football now, we have. I'm the president of our spring league here, so our kids are playing more and they're getting more games. And the more you play, the better you get. Uh, I do think, though, that if you eliminated the ratio, it would go in a direction I don't want the CFL going. Right, but I'm not – I can't remember because the rules – I don't like changing things. Nobody likes changing things. Are the quarterbacks counting to the ratio now? No, they're not? not. I don't believe they are. Yeah. <laughs> they're not? No. Should they? I think they should. Yeah, if yeah. you're playing two Canadian quarterbacks, it should open up two Canadians elsewhere. Yeah, I, I totally believe that. That BC wouldn't be going with two Canadian quarterbacks if they didn't think they were the best no, I don't quarterbacks. Think they would. Again, yeah. coaches are going to do what they have to do to win a football game, whether that player is from, you know, China, Canada, United States. Doesn't matter. They're just going to play the best. That's what they yeah. do. How much of Rourke did you see last year? Not much in, in just in the preseason, but uh, you know, we had Jake Mayer come in and. Did a great job. I was totally amazed with them. But, uh, they again, they just maybe need to – you know, it goes back to my days when I played. We had Greg Vavra. He was kind of the hot Canadian quarterback. Vav, I think, could have yeah. been a very good CFL player if he'd got the right chance. Uh, Greg was smart, had a rocket of an arm, I think could have played and had a long career in the CFL. He just never got the appropriate chance to do so. Mm -hmm. Well, I asked about the West, that so we got a lot of time to get through all of this. Like, I don't know how BC makes the playoffs in this division because there's just too many strong teams, yeah. but they might. And I'm, I told you I've been here quite a while. The football people seem fixated on Jones. What's Jones doing? They're looking over the wall into Edmonton going, what's Jones doing up there? <laughs> what do you that, think that's because Chris, and you know Chris, and yeah. I, I know I, uh, I got to you know, know Chris Jones while he was here. I even was a guest coach with the Stampeders at the time, and I was kind of under Chris Jones on the defensive side of the football. He's got a history of making, uh, of winning. And, and so I think the Eskimos or the Elks yeah. are going to do better. Um, it, it's going to be very, very tight. Because of Chris's record, I think he's going to make that team a better football team. If you ask me, I still think that uh, Saskatchewan, I still think Winnipeg is, is there. Uh, they've got a good veteran team, a good veteran coaching staff. And then you've got Calgary and Saskatchewan that are just going to battle it out. But I think Calgary's going to do a lot better because they've got a team that was so young that got some of that experience. They're going to be better than they were last year. I'm not done on this, and we're going to come back after the next break and talk more. But I need your take on my guy, Cody Fajardo, who is still my favorite player in the league, person, player, you name he is. He's actually more genuine than you think. You meet him, he's nicer. I've met him. <laughs> he's nicer than you even very think. Very good guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is he a star? I think he's a star. The guy can escape the pocket. He can yeah. extend the Put it this way, he is perfect for the way the CFL is right now. You cannot have a quarterback like you can maybe in the NFL, but even the NFL is changing. They just go back and a pocket-type passer. You, in the CFL, you have to have someone to extend the play. Cody does it better than anyone. I mean, you look at him and you think maybe he wouldn't, that uh, you look at another quarterback and say he would be better at, but nobody is better at escaping the rush and buying more time and extending the play than Cody. So right now, that's why he's excelling in the CFL. I mean, I know Calgary, they, they had a hard time, you know, just keeping him in the pocket and 
making him throw in the pocket because he gets outside the pocket, he sends that play, and with the big field, then the wide receivers can do their thing, and then you got the good, exciting players plays of the CFL. And we've seen it with Cody. I just don't understand why he's had to defend himself. And listen, you got Jones picking on him. That's just Jones. That's the way he's going to be. But in the Ryder Nation, Greg, they're turning on Fajardo. And I was well, there I don't long they would. I don't eat. Well, they say it's because he called out his receivers. That's not a classy thing to do, and he's you – know, when the chips were on the line, he didn't get it done. We didn't, you know, he you know what I, I, I call that maturity, Rod. I, yeah. I, he, he said a couple things he probably wanted to take back. But I said lots of things early in my career to the media I'd love to take back. I got in a lot of trouble from what I said. Uh, he won't make that mistake again, and he's going to be better. And everybody makes mistakes and learns from them. I think Cody's going to learn from that. But you look at him, what he does on the field, and I would definitely help. He shouldn't have to answer any questions based on his play on the field. He shouldn't. Right. I'm now, with you. Now, should he have not have said that? I, I don't think he should have. He shouldn't have. Uh, but he's probably learned from it and says, okay, I'm not going to get trapped into that once again. I'm never going to say that again. Can't say the truth? Sometimes you can't, <laughs> or you're going to get yourself into trouble, and you're going to get yeah. fans uh, knocking all over you. I know about that. We'll be right back <laughs> with more. You're watching the RP Show live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. We are back. Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, the place to be. Calgary's entertainment destination. July 28th, the Beach Boys coming to the event center here. You can get your tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. Rock along with one of the most iconic rock bands of all time, the Beach Boys. July 28th here at Great Eagle Resort and Casino. Uh, from our viewers, Pete just said in the break, what are we going to talk about? I said, it says... We're the view for sports fans. Whatever we want to talk about, Greg. It's not as focused as you would think. It's fun. It is. <laughs> you know, I'm it is a lot of fun. Good time, Rob. Good. Well, I'm glad you came down. Hopefully, we can do it more. The, the folks said, if you got to play, if, if Pete's going to come down, you got to pay him by the hour. And you, <laughs> you said, can't I, afford me. Right. You just said, I can't afford it. He's a lawyer by trade. Uh, from the viewers here, we'll maybe bring in what the viewers are saying, Greg. And they got some questions. Christine, my cousin, Christine in Medicine Hat is watching. She says, I hope Chris Jones has a rotten season in Edmonton. <laughs> um, Wayne in Victoria, B.C. says, the same thing happened to Darian Durant back in 09 until 2013. Even after he won the Grey Cup, some people didn't give him respect. From Jack Fulton, whom you know well, from Vulcan, Alberta, I don't believe Cody or any quarterback should, be, should call out or blame teammates. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says when Bo called out his receivers after the Grey Cup 2017, he was lambasted across the league. Cody should get off no easier. I, I've been accused, Greg, if you can believe, of having green-colored glasses. Darian could do no wrong for me. Cody can do no wrong for me. So my, even when he called out his receivers, I'm saying, well, he's not saying anything that's not true. But you're telling me you can't, you can't do that. I, I don't think you should, no. Okay. It, it could be true, but it's not, it shouldn't come from the quarterback. He should keep it to him. And again, I think it's a maturity thing. Uh, Cody's going to learn from that. Probably never do it again. Okay. You mentioned uh, your history at BYU a couple of times. Very good friend of mine, Steve Sarkeesian. Mm -hmm. What a career he's had, a BYU quarterback. Yeah. Do you guys have alumni stuff? Have you ever met Sark along the way? Or 
Uh, I haven't. Uh, yeah, they got a great, great alumni. Yeah. Uh, I have not been able to participate in the BYU alumni as much as I'd like to because during football season, I've been doing the broadcast. I'd love yeah. to go there, and I've only been to a couple of games. But it was a great experience for me. I loved it there. Played for Lavelle Edwards, a longtime great coach. Uh, roomed with Steve Young on the road. We became good friends. And uh, it, it was just a, a, a totally positive experience for me. Good. Well, then that's – I wonder if the BYU guys stick together. Ben Cahoon's another, right? Ben Cahoon's another. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, our American viewers, would know as the coach of the University of Texas Longhorns right now yeah. and doing great things. But there was a few things that Greg wanted to bring up before we let him go. And we've got lots of time here in this hour. But the biggest news I saw – football-related in Calgary last week was that iconic speakers coming down at McMahon Stadium, the one that suspends over the stadium. What's the story behind that? I just saw the headline on it. I think it's ready to fall down. (laughs) (laughs) Calgary's got itself into a little bit of a pickle. Uh, We have an old stadium. um, We have an old arena. And I don't see any real big light towards the end of the title. Uh, tunnel, tunnel, yeah. yeah. For the stadium, hopefully, the city and the the flames will come to an agreement to build a new arena. I don't think you can be a world class city unless you have decent facilities. Calgary doesn't. I'd like to see that changed. Now, I know there's a lot of people that totally disagree. That you don't spend public funds for that, but I think you do. I think you have to spend some public funds. Not only that, the the flames owners are great people that give back to the community. The amount of things that, uh, and money that they put towards minor sports, charities, foundations is huge. Uh, to lose that if the Flames ever left would be catastrophic to the city. Yeah, well, it's, I think you need a salesman. I think you need a movement. And I, I've spent a lot of time here the last couple of months. And as you know, I went to Mount Royal here. Or maybe you didn't know. But I've said to my friends lately here, this is as cowboy country as you get. How have you elected consecutive left-wing civic governments. I don't understand. And they just go, <laughs> what's the answer to that? We're getting into politics here now. Okay? Well, that's what's going to get your stadiums built. So, Well, well yeah, I, I think what's happened is you had a number of people running on this side of the spectrum of uh, the political philosophy. And they, they had split maybe, it. Yeah, exactly. It could be, oh, whatever. I'm not here to uh, knock City Hall, except I think we have to do something to get an arena built. Yeah. And, and you better do it. You better do it quick or they don't understand the negative consequences that could happen to this city without the flames. Or even, I like McMahon Stadium. I think it's got great sight lines. But I think it's it, awesome. But it needs a major overhaul, if even an overhaul is practical for the washrooms and um, you know the, the concourse and that. Because people aren't going to come to football games if they have to go to the bathroom in unfit facilities. It's just not the way pro sports is nowadays. We have to correct that. And, and, I, you know, you went around the CFL. I went around the CFL. They're all very good stadiums now, except for maybe one or two. And Calgary's is becoming the oldest. Something's got to get done. It's substandard, unfortunately. I don't think you knew that Jack Goto was my uncle. So when I, I didn't know that. Yeah, when I went to Mount Royal, he was here, and we mm-hmm. would go to the games all the time. And I loved, so whether I was broadcasting or sitting in the crowd, you just said it. The sight lines are great. But is a, a Reno's not even on the table, from what I understand. No, they, they, nobody's even pushing it forward. And, and yeah. I know the Stampeders have tried. They'd like to, but it needs probably $100 million at least to renovate that place. And then if, can it even be renovated? I'm very good friends with Stan Schwartz, and he's, 
you know, he's told me that the infrastructure itself might not even be able to sustain it. But if they, they, they've got to do something to get it up to scuff for CFL standards. Because, I mean, Rod, you were the very first guy to take me on a tour of the new stadium in, in Regina. And it was just great to see that. And then you've got Winnipeg, and BC's very nice. And, you know, Edmonton's old, but it's still a very, very yeah. nice stadium. Uh, and just w- when you took Mark and I on that tour to to see the stadium. It, it was great, and I thought every CFL sh- team should have this. Calgary's far from it. With no light at the end of the tunnel, we need yeah. to get some light somehow there. Like you, but you need a salesman, you need a movement. Yeah. And like you, say, like you say, nobody's doing it. Let me say this about the Flames, this run that it looks like they're going to go on. I mean, I wasn't around in 04 and not 89. I just missed it. Must have. Do you think that's coming again? Oh, yeah. If the Flames go deep into the playoffs, this city's going to catch on fire i'm in a little bit of a dilemma though because i love the flames they're my team but because of my brother being with nashville with the nashville predators for many years and the coach and now still with them that's what they're gonna play eh? i know (laughs) so i guess i'm kind of got an advantage whoever wins i'm still going to be happy is the way that that, yeah but uh yeah i'm I'm a big flames fan and i'll tell you what if the flames start to to do well in this play this city you are going in the playoffs you're going to see this city take off Mandy's watching an Edmonton big CFL fan. She says, Rod and Greg have great chemistry. Enjoying your conversation today. Thank you, Mandy, as are we. And by the way, Greg is open to questions from the viewers, right? Sure. She's a huge Edmonton Elks fan, and it's, I think it's kind of ironic that she got in a huge fight with Duran, and now he is an Edmonton Elk. But when that rink's rocking, one last one on that before we go back to football. I kind of sit in there because I've been at a lot of Flames games and go, are we need to be worried here? Because that place, like, it rocks yeah. when it's full. What is the safety situation of the Saddledome right now? I, I think it's fine. I don't think it's as bad, and it's not as old as McMahon Stadium. McMahon Stadium was built back in 1960. Yeah. And so the infrastructure probably is pretty bad. Uh, I, I like the Saddledome. It's a great atmosphere. But is it up to NHL standards nowadays? Is it up to now the standards that you expect of a major sports city? No. And so we, we have to, like Edmonton, I mean, you go to Edmonton, they got the nice, big, beautiful arena. Calgary needs one, one way or the other. Yeah, no doubt. We will take a break and come back with one last segment with Greg Peterson. Lots of time for that, though, and it's taco time viewer takeover. We got the text line working, 902-518-3033 for taco time viewer takeover. And, of course, you can get it going in the chat here. Uh, Mandy's got her questions coming in about Edmonton. So we'll get to that when we return to Great Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. You're watching on the Game Plus TV network and, of course, live streaming on YouTube and rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. All right, one one final time from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. I mentioned Mandy's watching in Edmonton, the Big Elks fan. She says, I need a Deron Carter jersey for me and my little one. Hey, I agree. CFLshop.com is the best place to go. She goes, I love that Deron's coming on here. You know, I was just trolling him. I will welcome him with open arms, whether he likes it or not. Maybe that's where we'll go next with Greg Peterson, the longtime color voice of the Calgary Stampeders. And what was it? Nine seasons with the Stamps as a player? Yeah. And tw- this is your 25th season with the, this tw- in the Mark booth. and I, 25th year. Silver anniversary. Pete. I guess so, yeah. 
You would have the Stampeders logo tattooed somewhere, I would think. All those I years. I am a pure stamp, red and white, true blue. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. What's well, been a good run? Yeah, you know, it's and this, you know, I I went down to school in the states, got a scholarship down there for football. But you know, I grew up in this this city, and it's uh, been a huge advantage to be able to play for your hometown. Which is another thing the CFL a lot players get to do, and uh, I, I'm all for that too. Back then, they had what's called the territorial pick, where if you lived within Calgary, you could protect certain players. I was one of those, and I really liked that rule because. It got people like Daryl Moyer was one of those. It got yeah. people who grew up and were part of the Calgary Minor football system or Regina or wherever. They got protected so that they could play for, possibly play for their, their hometown. Don't have that anymore? No. It's all you I think they crap. should go back. I, I do. I agree with that because I, it, what it does is it uh, makes players like uh, Tony Spalatini and, and these players that grew up in Calgary and they end up staying here after and supporting the Stamps and supporting minor football and they get to play for their hometown. Huge advantage for me. Tim Hunter, similar story, and he sat on that chair, and you would know him well from Flames fame. Calgary guy, lived the dream. Yeah. Uh, and the Sask- I played against him in, in minor hockey? hockey, yeah. Was he a goon then, too? Yeah, he was tough. He, he, was, he was a big, strong guy that kind of put the fear in everybody. <laughs> well, he, had, he chose the right career. Maybe it chose him. But the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League also has that territorial thing and I think it's great. Who would think that they're the most progressive sports league right now but they are. But back to the CFL thing. Deron Carter in Edmonton, close friend of mine. I love him. I literally love him. Is the CFL better with him in it or not? What do you think? I always think that uh, players like Deron make the CFL a little better. You know, he's unique. Uh attracts media attention. So yeah, I, I think anything to give good positive news you never don't want the negative stuff in there uh the cfl is is in a constant battle with the other leagues for the sports dollar attention and we need to somehow grab it yeah for sure well and with in the case of Duran, a very very talented guy i mean yeah. let's be honest october 2017 his first ever start on defense the game was yeah, here right. you called it like we were Side by side. side, by side what yeah. a night that was. Yeah, it was. And uh, you, you know what? He's a, he's a great athlete. I, I don't know whether he can make a comeback, but obviously Chris Jones thinks he can. But as long as you don't, say, do things that are going to embarrass your team or embarrass the CFL, any publicity is, is kind of good publicity. Yeah, well, you said you've coached. You're active in uh, minor, minor football, football here. Yeah. The one thing with Duran, not to turn this into the Duran show or anything, but I spent most of the winter in South Florida, and Duran's in Fort Lauderdale, well, West Palm Beach, coaching football and he said it completely changed his perspective of the game usually does yeah. <laughs> right he said i had 40 Duran carters that i had to coach <laughs> that would be tough <laughs> right yeah. but but again that's why that's why i think when he comes back with the cfl this year he's going to be a different Duran carter ryan h on youtube says great chat with great peterson love the show today gang um I got to ask you about uh, John. Sorry, John Kirby in Edmonton. Which tournament are you going to in August, Rod? The Henlinka Gretzky Cup in Red Deer or the World Juniors in Edmonton? I don't know yet, John. I don't know. One day at a time, as my bracelet says. Just stay tuned. We'll let you know. Probably World Juniors in Edmonton. But you were saying about Craig Dickinson and the uh, Rough Riders and, and Craig. It's an interesting battle every time those two brothers get together, hey? Yeah. What do you think it's like at the kitchen table or... The communication between the two. <laughs> it's probably friendly because they're class people. I mean, I think two of the, the best co- – Craig Dickens has treated me so well, he, and he's just a class guy, as is Dave. So, obviously, they got good parents. But, yeah, it could be 
Uh, they probably don't like to talk about football, but uh, it, it would be interesting. They they couldn't. You know, I owned a restaurant in Regina, pizza restaurant, and Dave and Craig came in there one night before the game, and I asked them what they were going to talk about, and they said... Not football. <laughs> not football. <laughs> How could they get together and not talk about football? They're two head coaches. They're professionals, too. That's why. But yeah. Two of the, the, the classiest guys in the CFL, and uh, the CFL is better for having those two individuals. Yeah, there's no doubt. So the Grey Cup is in Mosaic Stadium this November. And we all feel the excitement building. I think it's 21 days. Training camp's open in 21 days. Do you want to make a prediction here who's going to be in that game? I always got to go with my Stampeders. Now, sure. I, I know I'm a big homer, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the Stampeders, and unfortunately I don't like it, but I just think Toronto's going to do, do very well this year. Is so, that right, eh? Yeah. Um, Toronto, they got uh, Corey Mace. I got a lot of respect for. I talked to him before every single game. He's going to be a, a good defensive coordinator. I just don't know how they could raid the free agency market like they have and not go over the cap, but somehow they say they've done it. Uh, they got some good veterans. It's going to be them or Hamilton once again. Well, they went over it a couple of years ago, and the league forgave them. Remember that? Yeah. That's because they feel like they have to have something there in Toronto that's good. <laughs> exactly. It's got a problem. I'm sure that's uh, something we could talk about, but Toronto's got a problem in the CFL. They can't seem to attract any any fans it's just a very difficult situation And there's been a lot of smart people go through there yeah. and not be able to figure it out what just a quick one we only have 90 seconds but don navy friend of mine says uh, great do you think that stampeders could have more visibility in southern alberta how would yeah. you answer that well i i think they could so you know but but they try you just get busy but i think yeah they could do more things where they're going there for camps or whatever because northern alberta seems to get the elks southern alberta should capture the stampeder fans outreach yeah outreach is yeah. the key greg i hope to do this again with you I always enjoy Love the visit again thanks a lot rod it was been a pleasure cfl all-star great cup champion greg peterson and into his 25th season on stampeders radio always on chqr by the way always on CHQR. wow yeah very classy radio station they treated me very well that was quite a run and all of them yep big thank you to enoch mwamba as well scott flory today who we got tomorrow clark what's coming up the pipe tomorrow matt Matt Kellett, very longtime friend of mine, kicker great, Orange Theory Fitness here in Calgary, a uh, Rams national champion too, and Jason Greger from TSN 1260 Edmonton. It's going to be great. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern here on Game Plus Television. We don't know what we're doing. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.